Welcome back to the Wednesday Bible Study. Uh, hello, I'm Rick Burgess, co-host of the Rick and Bubba Show and director of themanchurch.com and the team at manchurch.com. Uh, just wants to thank all of you. We have been, uh, man, I'm telling you, we, we're all over the country doing, doing man churches and churches are implementing the men's discipleship strategy. If, if you are joining us today, uh, you're a pastor, a community leader, a, a, you know, someone in leadership with the men's ministry at your church or in your community, and, and you guys would love uh, to, to talk to us about our resources, about our discipleship strategy, uh, just simply go to themanchurch.com. Uh, we are standing by. Look, look at what's there. If we can help you, uh, press the contact button. Uh, more than happy to help you out. So let's talk about that a little bit before we go any further, uh, about things that are going on and will be going on over the next 30 days or so involving themanchurch.com. Because some of you I know like to come to uh, a man church that might be near you. You may hear that something's going on at your church or, or near you. Maybe you're a church leader. You want to come check it out. So uh, August the 6th, um, I'll be there at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I'll be back, uh, headed up to North Alabama, be there on August the 6th. Uh, and also uh, coming up on August the 12th, I'll be in Athens, Alabama for Man Church, uh, First Baptist Church, Athens. Uh, they're doing our men's discipleship strategy. Rich Wingo will be at Westview Baptist Church in Op, Alabama. On August the 13th, uh, Brian Gunn will be at Enon Baptist Church in Morris, Alabama on August the 15th. Scott Dawson, First Baptist Church, Troy, Alabama on August the 16th. Many of these churches are, you know, uh, either halfway or three-quarters of the way through our curriculum, and this is some of their man churches, uh, some of them the second time, third time. Uh, so make plans to join them because you can enter our strategy either through a gathering or through a small group. Uh, we have a man church one day. This will be an event. Uh, that features uh, two of our speakers. Uh, I will be with Rich Wingo. We'll be at Linwood Baptist Church in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Now, if you want to come in for the weekend, they're actually having Shane and Shane in concert uh, coming up that Friday night, and then we'll do a man church one day uh, there on Saturday. Uh, Rich and I both will be speaking there. And then uh, we have August 22nd, uh, Michael Helms from the Rick and Bubba Show, Helmsy, uh, will be speaking at Parkview Baptist in Tuscumbia, Alabama. Uh, and then on September the 12th, uh, West Mobile, uh, I will be there at West Mobile Baptist Church uh, for their man church and their big kickoff coming up on September 12th, September 15th. Uh, Andy Blanks will be kicking off uh, the man church discipleship strategy at Landmark Church in Montgomery, Alabama on the 16th of September. I'll be in Fairhope, Alabama at First Baptist Church Fairhope uh, coming up on the 23rd of September. Birmingham, Alabama, I'll be at Lakeside Baptist Church kicking that off. Uh, and then Helmsy will be down in Opelika, Alabama at First Baptist Church there for another man church on the 23rd. So that kind of gets you through August. Um, and also, don't forget, also I wanted to mention August the 8th. I didn't, I didn't get that one. August the 8th, Rich Wingo, Man Church, First Baptist Church, Columbus, Mississippi on August 8th, that one as well. I have an old list here, but, but, but that one needs to be added. Uh, as far as the marriage conference with Sherry uh, and me, we'll be in P Pensacola at Olive Baptist. Uh, coming up on August 14th. All of you that have gotten tickets, it is sold out, but we look forward to seeing all of you there. Shane and Shane, who keeps following me around for some reason, uh, in concert coming up on uh, Saturday night there too on August the 14th after we finish up our sessions with Sherry and me talking to all of you. That you know, They said that people are coming from all over the country uh, there to Pensacola for a great weekend. Not a bad place to attend and work on your marriage. Uh, all right, so let's, um, let's, let's say a prayer and let's get open, open up today's uh, study. We continue with our series, Discovering What It Means to Be a Disciple. Lord, help us to, to glean from this today exactly what you intend. 
Today we talk about uh, community. What, what does it look like? You know, everything that, that followers of Jesus do, they do it differently than the world. That includes community. And, and today, Lord, help us to understand this very, 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 very important line of understanding the difference between fellowship and discipleship. Discipleship certainly part of fellowship, but it isn't fellowship in and of itself. I mean, is it discipleship in and of itself? And what is the difference? And we'll talk about that. Uh, so help us to understand that. Uh, I'm, I'm, of course, limited in, in my ability to communicate uh, because uh, you are the great I am. So help me to communicate what you would have me say uh, through your power today, uh, as we all need to hear what you have to say. We certainly don't need to hear what I have to say. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so if, uh, if you have this 40-day devotional, uh, it's also from themanchurch.com. We have a, a trilogy of uh, 40-day devotionals called How to Be a Man. Uh, the first one is The Pursuit of Christ-Centered Masculinity, uh, that 40-day devotional. Then, of course, Birth the 40-Week Devotional that is called The Pursuit. Our second one is called Real Men of the Bible, and that 40-day devotional is our second 40-week uh, curriculum called Real Men. And uh, this will be our third 40-week curriculum, but right now it's only available in the 40-day version. Uh, and this is more of a personal devotional, uh, and it is called Discovering What It Means to Be a Disciple. And you, you, you certainly still need this to get things that I'm not going to be talking about, but what we're doing is kind of using this 40-day uh, devotional as our foundation uh, to kind of unpack all these different characteristics of what it means to be a disciple. So if you're just now joining us, this is se uh, session six. So we have talked about disciples have been transformed by Christ, Disciples surrender to a gospel-centered life. Disciples hunger to know God. Disciples desire to worship God. Last week, disciples pursue personal holiness. And then this week, uh, the, the, the sixth concept uh, is disciples embrace Christian community. Now, if you're looking at uh, the 40-day devotional, these five days uh, were written by our, our friend Dr. Brian Gill, uh, who has uh, helped writer study guides. He's part of a, uh, our writers group at themanchurch.com that put together the curriculum, uh, the written part of it. Uh, uh, I put together the video part of it. So we all kind of have a role we play there on Team Man Church. So Brian Gill uh, in the devotional unpacked this, and these are the scriptures that we will unpack today. Now, on the YouTube channel, I saw the comments last week. Some of you going through so many scriptures, you'd like for me to slow down. So I'll, I'll slow down. The men in the room were fine. But, but as far as those of you watching, I'm throwing a lot of verses at you, so I'll try to slow down a little bit so you can write these down. But frankly, on the YouTube channel, you have the ability to go back to the archive and rewind. But, but anyway, I will, I will slow down a little bit So on writing some of this down. All right, so let's first of all talk about what we're, what's happening here. Uh, what does it mean to embrace Christian community? Because that's what a disciple would do. Um, again, I said it in the prayer, but I want to clarify when you look at a lot of men's ministry and the way it's done, sadly, there seems to be a problem with you go to a men's ministry and you say, well, how's your men's ministry? And they go, oh, well, we're doing great. We, we do these things, we do that thing. And before very long, you realize they really just fellowship. And that's important. There's nothing wrong with fellowship. We should fellowship. Uh, but fellowship is not discipleship. Uh, can, can you be you know, going through discipleship and then add some fellowship with it? Sure. But, but what you can't say is we, all we do is get together and hang out uh, and talk about sports and talk about our hobbies and talk about our jobs and we spend time together. So, yeah, we, we have small groups and we're being discipled. That's just fellowship. Important, but it's not discipleship. And so in Christian community, 
uh, th there cannot be just fellowship and no discipleship. Uh, and, and sometimes we, we tend to, because let's be honest, it's easier to fellowship than it is to go through discipleship. Getting together is much easier than saying, let's get together and unpack the Word of God. That requires a little more effort. And uh, so what we're talking about now is are we getting together not just to hang out in, in Christian community, certainly nothing wrong with that, but, but what, is, what is our motivation when we get together for discipleship in the Christian community, uh, and, and, and we should be in community. We're in community here even on, on Wednesdays within the room, and I really missed that community uh, when we didn't have it. Uh, and uh, now that we're back in the room together, it, it, it has, it, it's, there's a dynamic in the room that wasn't here before that can't be duplicated. Uh, so, But we're here doing what? We're here seeking to be more like Jesus. See, that's a different gathering. If we're gathering just to hang out, the world could do that. They do that just fine. But in Christian community, we get together what? To, 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 try, to seek to be more like Christ, to, to sharpen each other, to talk about, to, to unpack Scripture, uh, to ask questions about things. So if you have your Bible or something with your Bible on it, let's, let's go to the book of Matthew, and let's go to chapter 18. Uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Now, if you look over here beginning in verse 15, you know, the Scriptures lay out the way the Christian community is supposed to operate. And, and Matthew 18, beginning of verse 15, going through verse 20, it, it really tells us how we're supposed to handle problems within the church. And I'm not going to land there today, uh, but I am concerned in, in the Christian community, and I, I'm putting apostrophes around that. Uh, let me tell you what Matthew 15, uh, 18, 15 through 20 does not say to do uh, if you have an issue with someone or you have a concern about someone in the Christian community. Let me tell you what it doesn't say to do. Put something on YouTube about it. Uh, uh, go, go out to the world and start talking about it without ever going to that person first and talking to them. Uh, the scriptures say clearly, if we have any issue with a person in the Christian community, we go to them first and we talk to them about it personally. We don't air this to the whole world. And then if, uh, if this concern is not addressed, we come back with three other people, two to three other people, and we talk to them again. And then, if nothing is done, you take it before the church. Uh, and then you take it before the church before you take it before the world. And what I see is a bunch of people claiming to be part of the Christian community, community attacking each other publicly. They haven't gone to them in, in person. They haven't gone to them with two or three other people. They haven't, gone, they haven't taken it before the church. They go to step four which I don't even see in Scripture, and that is go tell the whole world about it uh, and, and never even talk to the person. So uh, anytime you see somebody do that, you have to question it because they're not even following the steps of the Bible. So that, to me, discredits that, that source immediately uh, because I immediately think less of them because they're not following the biblical way to handle it. So I immediately think less of them than I do about the accusation of the person that they may be making. And it may be valid but they're doing it the wrong way, so I, I'm going I'm to have to deal with that first. So there's a way things are done, but the verse we kind of want to land on is at the end of these steps uh, that Jesus is telling us to take. Jesus, <laughs> I was looking over, I tell you, Jesus would be canceled by, by, by this, this American society right now because I, I was looking over in 19, a minute ago, Matthew 19, just getting ready, and I see that Jesus said, have you not read that uh, he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And I thought, oh, Jesus is in trouble. Uh, but anyway, so back up, back over in 18. So 
So, so verse 20, verse 20 says, and we, we've heard this a lot, for where two or three are gathered in my name, everybody underline that, where two or three are gathered in my name. So two or three may gather for all kinds of reasons, but if you're not gathering in his name, that's not a guarantee that he's there. He says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Let's be honest. Sometimes we all hang out and he ain't even there because he's cert we're certainly not there in his name. Uh, so he says, if you're there in my name, meaning it, it, it's, is, this, is this community that you're, you're part of, uh, is, this, is, this, is this Christ-centered? Let's say let's talk, this is mainly a, a men's Bible study, even though it's perfectly fine uh, for, for women to join us because most of our topics uh, apply to both. But, but since we're talking about men's ministry at themanchurch.com, is, is, is the community of men that you are getting together with and ladies, the community of ladies that you're getting together with, and then men and women, the community of men and women getting together, are, are they gathered in the name of Jesus? Is it a Christ-centered community that you are part of? And see, a disciple would be part of a Christian community, a, a community of fellow disciples of Christ. So it, do you have that in your, your life? Now, does that mean that every single time that you gather with people, uh, it, you know, it's going to look like this? No, because part of us gathering together uh, with people, maybe acquaintances that we're trying to reach for Christ, or, or maybe we're interacting with people for, you know, to try to get in a conversation about Christ. But somewhere in the life of the disciple, there has to be this gathering together of fellow followers of Jesus in a Christ-centered manner and, and getting together in his name. And, and, and the question is, do you have that in your life? Because a disciple of Jesus should. It's very, very important. Um, you know, I, I don't know uh, uh, if you guys have, um, uh, have seen. What, somebody told me about it. There, there's some show called Alone. Have you seen this? And, and basically, you try to win a million dollars, and they take you out in the middle of nowhere, and, I mean, you're, you're it. And, and if you can survive a certain amount of days, you get a million dollars. And they just had a guy, and I just happened to be flipping by, and I saw it. And he tapped out for no other reason than he said, I thought I didn't need people, and I realized that's the biggest thing I can't get past. This being out here all alone, he said, I, it's not about being hungry. It's not about being uncomfortable. It wasn't about the, you know, trying to find water. He said, the thing that I realized I couldn't overcome and I tapped out is I didn't realize how important people were. I mean, being out here with no community is, is miserable. And, and so, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little more as we go. All right, so let's, the next uh, verses we want to unpack, Go, to, go with me to the book of Acts. So, so here is the first gathering of the Christian community. That is in the book of Acts, the church of Acts. We're going to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through um, 47. How do you all like my tempo right now? Uh, so uh, so I'm, I, listen, I'm coachable. I really am. I, I, I want to get better. You just asked my wife. I'm very coachable. All right, so, um, and she is a good coach. All right, so let's go to verse 42, and here's Christian community that is now under the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's being done for the first time. Anybody think that's important? Uh, so remember what we've learned from, from many scholars of the Bible. If you really want to see the clearest vision of how God wants things done, look in Scripture the first time he addresses it. That's where you'll find the most clarity, uh, which is the reason why when you look at some of the standards uh, of God, you got to find the first time that he spoke on it. You'll never find it more clearly than the rest of the Bible just keeps emphasizing and, uh, and confirming that. 
So here's what happened in the church of Acts. Here's what Luke says. He says in 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So fellowship is part of it. But notice Luke calls it fellowship. He doesn't, he doesn't say that fellowship is discipleship because what did he say was discipleship? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Don't miss that. That's important. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. And underline this. In, in your uh, translation, I'm using the English Standard Version. Uh, you may see fear here. Uh, you may see another word. But uh, in the English Standard Version, and all, A-W-E, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Okay, so Christian community in the beginning, and there's more to talk about. Let's talk about what we've talked about first. A Christian community would involve being devoted to the apostles' teaching. Okay, that'd be that you know, because the New Testament wouldn't finish now, but for us it would be it would be the finishing of the Bible. So that's that's the teachings. And it also says, and the fellowship of breaking bread, eating together, spending time together, and prayer. Prayers in here. And also, one thing that I, I think that this we are, we are we are losing, and we got to make a turn back. Uh, you know, Steve Farrar is uh, one of the mentors uh, uh, in my life, great teacher, uh, and I've, I've been talking about this going out. We're thinking about even coming up with some uh, s- some more items around this term. Is that that you know there was a time when when there was no greater compliment than for someone uh, a man to be called a God fearing man. Now I know some of you that are younger. You may have never even heard that phrase because it's not used anymore. I, I, I can't tell you the last time I heard anybody say, you know, he's a God-fearing man. I don't even know. Is that a goal anymore? I, I don't even know. But, but, but underline this. It says part of that Christian community is that, the, that all of God, are, are fear of God, and, and what does the Bible say? All wisdom starts with fear of God. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, and we got something for Solomon today, he says that, look, I've tried it all. At the end of it all, fear God and do what he says. That's the whole role of mankind, to fear God and do what he said. So part of the community uh, should be feature a fear and an awe of God. And if God is, 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 if you look for God in Scripture and you take God like our series Knowing God and you let him tell you who he is, you will be in awe of him. If you're not in awe of God, it's because you don't know God. Uh, there's no other way to say it. And it says that came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Of course, remember that. And then 44, and all who believed were together and they had and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. You know, for a minute you thought he was going to say, and, and, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who wanted to hang out, those who wanted to be part of all this. No, it said, first of all, for them to even want to be part of this community, what, they had to be saved. So, so see, that, that's often missed, that, that last line. Because this is usually presented like, hey, the early church, the early Christian community was really a commune of hippies. That's not what this says at all. Uh, but Because it, it, you know what, if you th- look at the part about being saved, you know what it said? 
They did the same thing that Jesus always did. Well, you know, Jesus Rick hung out with sinners. Yes, he did, and he called them to repentance. He always called them to repentance. He met them where they were, but he didn't leave them there. So for to come into this Christian community, what's the one thing they had to deal with before you became part of it? You had to repent. I mean, you, you had to repent. It says the, the numbers that got added were people who were being saved. So that goes back to that before. We certainly want to go out and, and, and try to reach uh, lost people for Christ in the way that, that, that we do that, certainly. But as far as bringing them into the inner circle, into the inner circle of the community, those have to be people that are actually saved. We, we, we're helping and we're loving and we're, we're telling truth in, in love, but, but as far as you becoming part of the actual church, I didn't say you could attend church, but as far as becoming part of the church, you got to be saved. You got to be redeemed. And, uh, and, and, and th that part's often left out of those who like to present this as a commune of hippies. We did see what? They were taking care of each other. If you need something and I got it, you can have it. Absolutely, that's in here. Uh, and, and also they said that what? They, they attempted church what? They attended church what? Together. It says temple here because, you know, this, this is all they knew. It's Christians, and they knew to go to, to the temple that they had put together. But for us, we would call that the church. In the church age, it says they did that together. For all of you, it says, you know, there's, it's not important to go to church and spend time together. No, that's what they were doing. And it said that they ate together. They always gave thanks for what they had. And, I'll, and this is one that I struggle with. But remember, let's clarify this, praising God and having favor with all the people, meaning the people did not look at them like they should be undesirable. You know, we need to be real careful the way that we present ourselves to a dying world, uh, like some of you that put your Bible verse on your business card and then you do a bad job or you take somebody's money and, and they have a bad experience, and somehow you put your Bible verse on your business card. And I heard a comedian say that if a Christian ever gives you a business card with a Bible verse on it, be careful. He's getting you ready that there's something you're going to have to forgive him for. See, that's, that's a bad reputation. Isn't that embarrassing that that's the reputation? Because you know what people say? They don't really want to see us write it on bumper stickers and write it on our business cards. They want to actually see us living it. You know, they'd like for it to be on our heart, not tattooed on our arm or put on our business card or put on our automobile. They'd like to see it written on our heart. And, and so, so what they said is even if people who didn't believe what they believed, when they saw them, you know what they thought? I got news for you, man. I don't know what y'all so mad at them at. Those, those are good people. They take care of people. Uh, you know, now look, they, they, they said that in order for us to, to be part of their church, we needed to be redeemed, but they said we're welcome to come eat with them. They give us, they take care of us. They're nice to us. They're kind to us. Now, now that doesn't mean sometimes when you try to be in, in good favor with all, sometimes people won't let you be in good favor with them. Now, if they start saying, in, in order to be in good favor with me, you've got to drop all this Jesus stuff, well, then you say, well, then, you know, if the truth offends you, there's nothing I can do about that. But if I offend you because I'm a jerk, that's different. And, and we need to make sure, and trust me, I've had to learn that lesson myself. Uh, sometimes people don't like me because I'm a jerk, not because I'm so devoted to Jesus. Um, so, so community for them, and this is, this is, write this down, community for them was nonstop. I mean, it, it, it was always in play. Community for them was, 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 it was nonstop. And, and I think where, where we, we, we need to look at this is because you see that their devotion to this is to grow. One of the, one of the biggest problems I think that, that, that a lot of us have 
who, who claim to be disciples of Jesus is that we think that we've achieved a place where we say, I'm good. I mean, I, I don't really need anybody's help. I don't need to grow. I don't need this. I really think I've, I think I've arrived. Well, I've got news for you, and I'm, and I'm pointing at me too. If, you, if you're taking breath right now, you're not, you're not, you haven't arrived. It, it, it's not over. Uh, I mean, you, you know, we serve the God that has to allow you and me to take our next breath. And so if he's allowed that, then there's something we're supposed to continue to be doing in the community, but also continuing to do with our own personal growth as part of that community. All right, so, uh, so let's go to the next verses. Let's go to Hebrews now chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, and this is verses 19 through 25. We're in Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 19 through 25. And this one, this one's going to be a, a little bit of a, a, a steeper climb for us. Have you ever thought, and, and, and Brian talks about this in, the, in the, the devotional, have you ever thought of Christian community as a spiritual discipline? I have to say I really haven't. Uh, but I have after, after going through these scriptures. Uh, that this, this is actually a spiritual discipline to be part of community, especially men. Now, women, y'all don't struggle with this as much. But men, we, we really, there's something about us. We, we don't mind being a loner uh, and getting out there on our own. And, and that's something that we shouldn't do because that makes us more susceptible. And First Peter talks about this in, in chapter 5, verse 8, and I'll hit on that. But let's read these verses first. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, and when, when he says brothers, that also includes sisters as well. Uh, therefore, brothers, since we have uh, confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Now, what is he talking about there? There was a time in, in the Old Testament, you, you and I couldn't just go rolling up in the Holy of Holies or any place that was deemed holy. That was only for the priest, and the priest had to be, they had to go through a whole process. Been, he said, when that, when that veil was torn down through the blood of Jesus, through redemption, we now, all of us, have confidence that we can walk into holy places by what? The blood of Jesus. You ain't going to walk in there without the blood of Jesus, okay? By the new and living way, talking about the new covenant, that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. You got that? That's pretty straightforward. His redemption on the cross has now made us fully righteous, and, and through Jesus we can now enter into the presence of God. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, who's the great priest? Jesus. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I love that. Underline that one. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Don't ever think that what Jesus promised us has somehow gone awry. Don't ever lose faith. I mean, the times we're living in right now. Don't, don't, don't ever think, well, I don't know what's happened. Where, where's all the stuff that Jesus brought? He's left us. And he says, no, here's the deal. Have full assurance. Full assurance. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Don't waver on Jesus, 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another, there's community, to love and good works. I mean, hey, I need you. 
it says that at times, and and I mean, I, I've I've gone through some uh, with you know with my wife and, and and my friends who have helped me right now. I've gone through some difficulty. Just you know, the, n- nothing that you guys could. I'm not talking about some secret sin or anything like that. I'm just talking about difficulty. I still have flesh. There's a lot going in my life uh, going on in my life right now that uh, that is that can be difficult. And and there 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 I have had to have my wife and members of the Christian community go, come on, bird, just now. Look, hey, get, pick yourself up now. And, and hey, stirring me up uh, to remember, and they did that with love, hey, you continue what he's called you to do now. Don't forget what he's called you to do. And, uh, you know, rem- remember who he is. Remember he has not moved. Remember who's in charge. I got a, a devotional sent from Oswald Chambers uh, today. I don't know if y'all have read the one today. I mean, it's, it, it, it's exactly what the whole deals we're going through right now. When, when we keep thinking that, you know, that, that we're, we're headed to some sort of, if I can just get to here, and Oswald reminds us that God could work that way. <laughs> you may not be heading to any goal. You may be heading to just what he wants you to learn through the process of wherever he's going. You know, we kind of, because we have that, especially Americans, we have that mindset, I do this, this, and this, and then I reach a certain goal. Well, God didn't work that way. You know, he may say, we may do this, 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 this. Well, look, you're in my presence. Hey, where was I headed? I was just refining you to make you more like me. Okay, so this wasn't going to end in some kind of like how a movie ends. No, that's not how it works. I'm just refining you. Where are we going? Trust me. Okay, but where is it, though? And and sometimes God's like, well, just just stay with it. We may not go, hey, but this is going to end, right? Might not. Okay. You remember Paul asked me for the thorn to be removed? Yeah. Did I remove it? Ah, you didn't. Do you think I didn't hear him? No. Why, did, why didn't you remove it? Well, he told you to keep him from being conceited. Paul needed that thorn in his flesh so I could make him what I needed him to be. So what I'm going through, you may not let me out. I might not. Not if it's good for you. So, uh, so it, it, maybe it makes you more dependent on me. I prayed that before we started today. I said, you know what? You're just making sure that I, because see, my biggest problem is not weakness. My biggest problem is strength. And I don't, I, I mean, there's, there's a good kind of strength. But what I'm talking about, my thing is I tend to go, hey, I, you know, I got this. I'll come to you when I'm really down and out. And God said, oh, that's not a good plan. Because then I have, to, I have to do things to make you more dependent on me. Because it's when you're weak, it's when I'm strong. Uh, I, I think we've tried enough of your strength. How's that going? Not too well. So, uh, so you're right, Lord. And I just went in there and prayed before we started today. I said, you're just trying to make me more, more and more dependent on me. He said, I think that'd be best. I wouldn't go off and do this Bible study without me. You'll probably regret that. Uh, so um, so, so we, we don't waver on that. Hey, he promised to be faithful, so he's faithful. Right? And, and what did he promise? I'll redeem you. Anything else? I'll never leave you. Go out and make disciples. Teach them to obey all I've taught you, and I'll never leave you. I'll be with you the whole time. I will not call you to something that I can't accomplish. He calls us all the time to things we can't accomplish, but he doesn't call us to anything he can't accomplish, and we hold fast to that. And in community, we keep reminding each other of things like that, right? Sometimes I need you to remind me, and I'll remind you. Um, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, and we need that. We all need that, 25. Not neglecting to meet together, 
as is the habit of some. So he's saying those that say we don't need to meet together anymore, they're wrong. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, and that's capitalized, drawing near. What's the day? The day of either we're going to die and be in his presence or the day that he returns to take his church to him as we approach the day. So what are we supposed to do as we approach the day? We should not take up the habit of not meeting together. We don't leave community. And it says, and we encourage each other. And it says, uh, and then we do that all the more as we get closer to the return. So what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I, God has not revealed to me when he's coming back. So I, I apologize. He didn't tell his son about it when he was in the flesh. And I certainly I'm way down the list on that depth chart. So he hadn't told me, okay? But let me tell you what I can tell you with zero hesitation. You're closer right now than you were this time yesterday. Now that I can tell you. So I guess that encouragement needs to continue to, to, to intensify because we are moving closer to the day. So, uh, and, and why is this community so important here? Where he says, do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. Why is that important? What did Peter tell us in 1 Peter uh, 5.8, he says what? Be self-controlled and be alert because what? Who, who's out there like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour? The, the, the devil, Satan. So it, I, I'm a big-time wildlife enthusiast. I love it. If there's a documentary that is on about wildlife, I, I'll at least give it a gander, unless it's birds. I'm not that excited about watching birds. But if it's not birds, I mean, I'm in, Okay. And let me tell you what I'm in for sure. If I see a wildebeest, right, or I see an antelope, what do we know? Somebody's going down. I mean, we know that, right? And so that's, then you, ho, 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 antelope, everybody be calm. Somebody's going down. And so what, what, ha, what are the ones that get knocked out? They, they don't stay with the group. Or what? Sickly or young, immature. But what do the young and the immature and the sickly do? They either get left behind or they choose to leave the group. And let me tell you something. Just, just Satan is a predator. Evil is always predators. And what do predators do? Let's find the easiest kill. You know why? Because they don't want to get hurt. If you're a lion and you get hurt, guess what the pride does? If you're the male, we move on to the next male. If you're a female, we move on without you. Because you can't be hurt now, you're a hassle for us. You're, 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 you know this whole thing of I wish we could be more like animals. You don't want that. <laughs> We're already like animals enough, and apparently, and it's not going. Animals don't; they couldn't care less. I mean, you know, every now and then you'll see an elephant staying around a dead body for a while, but their compassion is a different kind of compassion. The predators don't have compassion at all. Well, you know, you 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 see this: a new male lion shows up at the pride. What does he do? He, he runs the old man off. The old man wanders around. By the way, their retirement community is terrible. I mean, he, he roams around. He had not hunted, and he doesn't know when. And then what hap What does the new male do? Anybody here that belongs to him, he kills. Kills every kid. That's who we're supposed to be more like? No. So what we do is we don't act. We, we, don't, we don't leave the, the protection of community and go wandering off by ourselves. I know that to me, and I bet every man in here, if they were honest, and I, and I enjoy time alone, don't misunderstand me, but when there's time alone that I need, and I, and I did it even this past Monday, I needed some time alone, 
But the time that I have alone now, what I don't do is go into areas where sin is prominent alone, which means guess where I didn't go Monday? Sit down in front of the TV. I didn't do that by myself. I went and went out into God's creation, so I went out there to be close to him and to talk to him and just to rest and, you know, go and check out the, you know, what's going on with, with, with the farm. But you know what? If, if everybody in here, I bet, the times that you've drifted into sin, most every time you were by yourself. You know, every now and then, now, now people that drag you into sin, they don't need to be in your community. But, but most of the time, I don't have any problems usually looking at things I shouldn't look, in at, look at or watch something I shouldn't watch or hear something I shouldn't hear if I'm with other people. You know, because the people that I'm going to be with are going to be disciples of Jesus themselves. I don't hang out with people that aren't disciples of Jesus. I may, I may have acquaintances or interact in a short period of time with someone who's not a, not a disciple of Christ, but I don't spend quality time with them because I don't need that kind of influence in my life. And, but I, but, but the, one, the people that are with me, they wouldn't let me look at something or they would say, we shouldn't be listening to this. Why are we watching this garbage? But if I'm by myself, I don't know what it is about men being by themselves. We become sin daredevils. I'm not going to actually go to look at anything I should look at, but I'm going to kick around these channels and just see what happens. It's like a daredevil trying, trying to see if I can get to the edge without really falling into sin. No, that's why we need community because they help us not do those things. And it's also the reason why we don't go out there on our own because we're easily devoured like a roaring lion that Satan is called by Peter who's looking for someone to devour. All right, so let's move on. Let's go to Galatians. Uh, this is good. Another reason why we need community. Let's go to the book of Galatians. Galatians, and now we're in chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Galatians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Brothers, again, that includes sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, uh, lest you too be tempted. And verse 2, bear one another's burdens, man, underline that, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. <laughs> Don't think too high of yourself. So here's what he's saying. Inside Christian community, we carry each other's burdens, and we need that. That's the reason why that's important. But if anyone's caught in a transgression, there's a way that I go about it, back to Matthew 18. There's a way that I go about it, and it says that, that this, I love when he says, you who are spiritual. What he means there is those of you that may be more mature spiritually than, than this particular person, you go to them and restore them. But what does it say? And this is the important part, in a spirit of gentleness. Now, what does that look like? Does that mean that, that we sugarcoat the situation? It doesn't mean that. It means I'm not, come, I'm not taking great joy you know, Paul talks about this in, in uh, the first letter to Corinthians in chapter 13 about what love is and love isn't, about things that were going on in the church. And he said one of the things that love isn't is keeping a record of wrongs and delighting in someone's wrongdoing. That is not love. So one thing we don't do, we don't have a sanctimonious approach to what's happened, and we almost kind of dig the fact that this has happened, and we almost present ourselves like, and I can't believe this has happened to you. Because what, 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 what Paul is saying is you need to remember who you are and remember what all you've been forgiven for. And anybody in here or anybody watching or listening to this, if you don't think that you're capable of any sin, 
then you are deceiving yourself. And Paul says that. He says, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Meaning, remember when you go to help a brother or sister out, and, and I want to clarify that, when it gets down to this transgression stuff, a woman should go in the community and should restore the woman, and a man should go and restore the man. Uh, or if it's a couple, they can stand before the pastor, but no man in the Christian community should be alone dealing with life's ugly problems and being the answer and the comforter for a woman. That should never happen. It's gone bad so many times, and, 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 and there's just too much potential for problems. Now, you can, you can find out about it, and then would you say you go get your wife if you're married, and if you're not, you get a woman of the church and say, hey, we got a sister that's got an issue that needs to be addressed. I found out about it, or maybe uh, I was approached by her about it, but now I'm going to send you in, let her know I, that I care about her and I'm praying for you. But when it gets down to, because what happens every time, especially if it involves somebody's marriage or involves something that a woman's struggling with, just the way men and women are made, equal but not the same, you don't want to come in and be the hero that's come in to save the day, and before you know it, she begins to attach herself to you, and if you don't watch yourself, you'll attach yourself to her. you got to be very careful about this. So inside the Christian community, we still have to be wise. So the minute it gets down to here are the details of the problem, if it's a female, you send a godly woman in there to help her. If it's a man, you don't send a woman in there to help him. You go in there and help him if you're a man. Just be smart about the whole thing. But the attitude that we're supposed to take is that we are capable of the same sin. We're not any better than they are. Doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean it's not going to be addressed. And doesn't mean that we, that we dumb it down. It's what we said in here. Sin always matters. It always causes problems. Every one of us can say that. I certainly can. Uh, so it says, but as you do this, keep watching yourself. And then it, it gets into verse 2, which is really beautiful. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does he mean by that? What was the ultimate bearing of our burden? <laughs> the cross. You talk about taking on our burdens. Man. And uh, so he says, just, implement, just, just be like Christ. You're a disciple of Christ, so you'd be willing to bear uh, your brother or sister's burdens as well. And let's face it, if you've ever been in that situation where you were burdened, is it not a beautiful feeling when the brothers and the sisters of the church come and help you and they take it on? We're here with you. You're not alone. We're praying with you. And, and that's the way it's supposed to work. And um, I, I will tell you that one of the things that when Sherry and I you know, were called to go to a different uh, church body after 20 years of being at the same church, and even back to our first church that we were only there for three years, our first three years of marriage, those brothers and sisters were so good to us, and they were, they, 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 they were with us through so much difficulty. That was one of the things that delayed probably us going sooner when God was pressing us to make the move because we felt so appreciative that we almost, that there was a, there was a, we couldn't cut loose from them because they'd been so good to us. And, and we still, of course, spend time with them, but it, it was tough to leave that church community because that church community had been so good to us. But, but now that we've answered that call, we see that he's working a new thing, and we still have those relationships from, from that community, and now we've added new people in a new community. So sometimes he may call you to do that, but when you know a church did it right is when that's the thing that's kind of keeping you from leaving. I mean, these people have carried us through some really hard times, and they've been really good to us, meaning they had represented Christ to us. Uh, and uh, so that is part of it. But now what? We get the opportunity to do that with other people that, we, that we're getting to know now. So if any, and then this is the thing about humility. Look what Paul says next. For if anyone thinks he is something, I love that. 
uh, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. By the way, I think that's Paul's really nice way of saying, what's the fallback position? You're really nothing. What did Adrian Rogers said? Nobody's going to strut into heaven. We all go in the same way, having to get on our face and repent of our sin and to cry out to, to, to a holy God what? We are wretched. We are unworthy, just like everybody else. So what do we, what is, what do we say about the Christian community? All we are is all of us are beggars. We're just going to show you where the food is. But we ain't no better than you are. You know, the only thing good about me is, is redemption. That redemption is available to you now. And if you repent, I won't deny it to you, and he won't either because he didn't deny it to me. That's one of the most convicting things that I've ever had enter my mind is when you read in Scripture when Jesus says, do not deny people the grace that I didn't deny you. And then the, what the Lord's Prayer, when he told us how to pray. I mean, forgive those that have trespassed against me, you know, and then you forgive me the way I forgive them. You know what that prayer says, don't Hey, the way I treat them, won't you treat me the same way? Well, which means if, if you're, you're being unreasonable with someone and, and, and refusing to let something go, you're telling God, don't let the stuff go I've done to you either. No, you, you, for, you, you forgive me as I forgive them. And, uh, and so we want to be gracious. Again, that doesn't mean that what people do to you or what they may have done is okay. I think sometimes we miss that. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did didn't matter or it was okay and I thought it was bad. Sometimes things are as bad as you think they are. Just don't hold that grudge against someone who's willing to repent and say, I'm sorry. Don't deny them that and don't hold it against them. Now, you may not hang around them again. They may not be in your inner circle anymore. I've got relationships that I don't work with people anymore, uh, but it doesn't mean I'm holding that grudge uh, against them. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure, I hope that they do fine, they do great, but that doesn't mean that we'll just turn around as if it never happened because I think there's a time that you have to go through where you earn that trust back again. That's not denying forgiveness. That just means that sin did matter and it has affected the platform and hopefully over time you can be restored to that or maybe not. Maybe you take on a new role. But it doesn't mean I didn't forgive you. It doesn't mean I hold it against you. All right, so now let's go to Ecclesiastes. You know, I, I heard it best, and I, and I can't remember who said this, and I, and I would give them credit for it, uh, but it was, it was a teacher that said, Ecclesiastes, and it may have been, it was, it, was it Mac Brunson? It may have been. I don't remember. But, uh, but, but who, who said that Ecclesiastes is really Solomon's book of repentance because he's talked about, and I know it's a book of wisdom, uh, but, you know, but it's a little different than, than the Proverbs and all that because Ecclesiastes is also a book of repentance of Solomon saying, I did all these things and I repent of them. And as I said earlier, and I've discovered that the whole role of man is to fear God and do what he says. Uh, so this is that kind of what we talked about, uh, about Solomon now discussing the power of community. Uh, listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and this is verses 9 through 12. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Uh, I've heard this, and, and I've actually did this uh, at uh, when I had the great opportunity to uh, oversee the, uh, the marriage of my niece to her husband, and, uh, and this was part of it. Uh, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Uh, again, if two lie together, they keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. 
A three-fold cord is not quickly broken. And many have made the point that all of a sudden Solomon goes to the three-fold cord, and many have, have commented that what he's saying there is, you know, because he's talking about two is better than one, and then he gets to a three-fold cord, that third person is Jesus. You know, it's just a foretelling to what's had, or, or in this case, God. But, but, but really, this is pretty straightforward because we know that Solomon asked for what? Wisdom. Uh, and Solomon said, I have discovered in the wisdom that God has given me that life was not meant to be lived alone. That's not how it was meant to live. Remember the guy on the show alone? I didn't realize how much I needed other people. I really thought I might enjoy being away from all these people. I found out I, I didn't. This loneliness was overwhelming, and I really do miss people. And, and Solomon said there's some reasons for that. He said, uh, they, first of all, if you're working with somebody else and you're trying to get work done, you get a lot more done with two people than you do with one. Uh, you ever had that? You ever, had so, you ever, you ever tried to move yourself uh, as opposed to have maybe somebody come over and help you? Uh, good luck with the sofa. Okay, and so, and so he's saying, you know, and, and what about when, you know, have you ever gone down, I don't know how many of you have ever had a guard before, ever picked it by yourself versus having somebody with you, you get a row, I get a row, uh, and let's, let's get this stuff picked. He said two's better than one. What else? If they fall, this is one of these things, and, you know, it's, I'm aging, and I realize it. I'm 56 years old now, and you ever have those markers where you realize that you're aging? This is the latest one for me. My wife now says to me, I like to deer hunt. I really enjoy it. And my wife says to me, I don't want you hunting alone anymore. I'm like, what? I'm, am I that guy? I mean, am I the guy that can't, that, well, I mean, if, some, if you get hurt or you fall or, or something, you're not going to have anybody there with you. Do you think that I have to hunt? I have to have, but the point she's making is, well, if you get out there and something happens, you fall out of a tree, you you, you get, you know, you fall down under a piece of equipment down there or, you know, God forbid, you know, something happened with a gun. Uh, you get, you know, something happens with an animal. I mean, there's no one there to help you. you your odds of survival are much higher, what, if somebody's with you. And, and that's kind of, and then, then I like that Solomon actually throws this out there, which I know is very unpopular. He says, somebody tries to attack you, they'll have a tough time beating up two of you. If you got somebody with you, it'll be harder for them to take you. And, and by the way, that is true. Uh, and uh, it's been a long time since I've had to fight, and I hope that I get through life not having to do that again. But I will admit that if you tried to, if, if you got people after you and you by yourself, uh, it, it, and I, I do remember this, this feeling one time when you find a friendship. Um, this is before Jesus, but uh, I was in a situation uh, where I was a bit outnumbered. Uh, and as usual, I'd kind of brought that situation on myself. And uh, and, and, and there was a guy that, that I knew, and there was a guy that I knew, and, and as the, the opposition was, was approaching, I, I went to look, and when, he didn't know I saw him, and when I looked, he was, he was around the corner of a building, and he did back like this, and he walked off and left me. And, um, and, and look, it, it was a daunting situation, and, and, but, but he, you know, knowing that he didn't help me made it a lot more difficult. You know what I mean? And... And what's, what's funny about something like that, though, honestly, so years, years, years later, redemption, praise the Lord for that, I see this guy. And my wife was with me, and it was at a ball game. And, uh, and so he comes up, says something. She goes, well, who was that? I says, the guy that left me hanging one time. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, now, when was that? I said, 1983. <laughs> and she says, you still remember that? I said, I'll never forget that. And I said, watch this. I text one of my buddies. I said, guess who I just saw? I said, wait on this. You know how the little, little circles start going? 
text comes back. He goes, you talking about the one that went off and left you? You know what I mean? And I said, see, we don't forget this kind of stuff. And, uh, and it wasn't that I didn't forgive him, but I wasn't going to be around him anymore because he left me. But, but, but it's saying, you know, in, in the Christian community, we don't leave each other like that. Now, that was not a Christian community, so guess what? Those kind of people leave you. Uh, but, but anyways, but, but, it, but in the Christian community, we don't go off and leave each other like that. Don't, hey, don't leave me out here by myself. I've got to buy, I'm in a bind. And see, this may not be a physical fight uh, on all seriousness, spiritual fights. You know, I, I've had men, haven't you? I've had men come over and just pray over me and said, hey, we're in a spiritual battle right now. Let's all get in here together and let's pray. Let's, let, let's lay hands on you. Let's help you fight the spiritual battle that you're going through. It's not just a physical battle. Uh, and then, you know, you get into, uh, uh, the, the, and, and this is not even talking about anything sexual here because in these days, a lot of times, you get ready to lay down and go to sleep. You lay out there. Uh, they didn't have heat and air. Sometimes, you know, people get together, nothing inappropriate, and, and the body heat would keep everybody warmer. Uh, you know, if you didn't have a dog to lay with you, sometimes you might just say, look, this may be uncomfortable, but we're going to freeze to death if we don't get back to back or something and, 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 and get some heat. Uh, and then, of course, it does also apply to, to marriage as well. But, um, and he says, um, so a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We are all stronger when we're not trying to do this alone, period. Uh, and, and that's what Christian community is all about. So I, I hope that, that you're part of a Christian community. Uh, and, and here's the, the things we have to lay before us on this discipleship study. Uh, if, if a disciple embraces, embraces Christian community, the question is, have you done that? Man, I'm telling you, don't, don't try to go along. Are you part of a local church of some kind? I mean, we do this anytime we go out. And, and, and don't start this, please. Please don't do the deal. Don't do the deal. Well, I don't go to church because I hate the way these people act. You know, they, they're hypocrites. Hey, I got news for you. Until we're standing there glorified, we've all been justified. We're being sanctified. We're not there yet. And, and when we stand before him, then we'll all be glorified. Until then, we haven't been glorified. So we are imperfect people. The whole Christian concept, the gospel, says everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and they must be redeemed, and then I'll work on making them more like me. We're all at different stages of that, so we're going to let you down. But Jesus won't. We're, we're, we're a community surround. We are surrounding him. So don't deny yourself a Christian community because you don't like the way a few people act. That's not the way Jesus acts. You get into a Christian community because you're a disciple of Jesus. And as long as he's there, you'll find people that are around you that, are, uh, that, that represent him and look, and look a lot like him. And, and those who don't, then, that's not, then don't be with them. Okay, but, but we say this every time we go out on the road and, and men will come forward, which to see that, is, it, it never gets old. But the first thing we start trying to do after they've come forward and we pray with them, and we don't know the sincerity of their heart, but we hope that they're sincere and that God has honored that sincerity. But the first thing we say is we're not going to leave you. We're not going to leave you. Uh, I mean, so are you in a local church? If they say yes, are some of those people here? Yes. Guys, y'all come here. No. Well, let's get you in one. Well, how about this? Is the pastor? Do you want to talk to him? If not, he'll, he'll help you find a church here. You must be part of the Christian community if you're going to truly be a disciple of Christ because that is such an important part of the community. Now, the other question is, are you, am I, fulfilling for the other members of the community what I'm supposed to be doing? 
we've, we, you know, there's one side of it is I need to be part of the Christian community, okay? And, and I need to access what, what, what should be there. But then you turn it around and say, I'm part of the Christian community. Am I providing what I'm supposed to be providing? So that, that's two things we have to look at this week. All right. So let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. Uh, and thank you for this lesson. Uh, thank you for showing us throughout your word. Everything that we studied today came straight from you as you inspired uh, these people to write these words to us. Now we must apply them. And we're so thankful that, as you said, you didn't leave us. And one of the ways you didn't leave us is you said, look, I'm le- I, you have other brothers and sisters of the faith. My, my disciples have brothers and sisters. You're, you, you're part of a larger community. You're part of the church locally, but you're also part of the, of the church universally. And, Lord, may we as your disciples immerse ourselves in that and not only benefit from it, but be a benefit for others. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us. If you need me, Rick at rickandbubba.com. Lord willing, we'll talk again next week.